Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kinda Opinionated Podcast. If you didn't know, I'm your host, Luke Sharon, and I'm kind of opinionated. Today we have a very special guest, Miss Kim Edmund- Edmondson? Ed- Edmondson. Edmondson. I have trouble saying it too. <laughs> <laughs> She's currently running for Kootenai County Sheriff. Well, thank you for being on my podcast today. Absolutely. Um, how's your day going? Uh, going great, you know sitting in front of you in a splint and uh how did that happen i had to have some work done on my uh, wrist and age and lifestyle i guess mm. is what happened <laughs> well that well in my script it says that's good to hear but not it's not really great to hear but well today we're going to be talking about a couple topics topics which i think are very relevant in our communities right now if that's okay with you absolutely okay let's get started uh, you were the only candidate that has actually been in du- duty in Kootenai County as someone in law enforcement. Do you think people should vote for you solely because you've lived here the longest? Well, I, I don't think that that's the only reason that they should vote for me, but I think that it does have a, a, a good um, purpose to it as far as knowing the community, um, you know, serving in it, uh, being a public servant to Kootenai County for so long. I think that there's a lot of value to that and voters should pay attention to that fact. Yeah. Do, how do you respond to um, Mr. Grimm's slogan, keep it Idaho? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I, I guess I know what he's talking about, but more than anything, I think keep it Kootenai County is, um, is something that resonates more with me. I've, I've lived here now for over 30 years. I moved here um, when I was younger to go to college at NIC. And um, when I graduated from North Idaho College, I just decided to stay here and uh, because I love Kootenai County. It's a fantastic place to live, to raise my, my kid, and now he's raising his daughter here. Well, so, yeah. well I'm glad for, that you're running for <laughs> Kootenai County Sheriff. Thanks. Uh, well, that brings me to my next question. Why do you want to be Kootenai County Sheriff? I mean, County Sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I've invested a lot in the agency, having worked there for 28 years. It's a quite a commitment to be a public servant to the community that you live in. And I've seen a lot change uh, in the sheriff's office and certainly in the community with the growth that's been going on. And I know that we need to make some changes. I know that things have to happen um, because I know the culture of the agency, the culture of the community. I want to be able to make those changes thoughtfully, um, respectfully, for, res- with respect for both the agency, for the people that work there, and for the community. And I don't want to make changes that are just off a cliff yeah. just for the sake of making those changes. So. Um, you know, we need to move into uh, this century, basically, in a lot of ways, and, and I think I'm the person that can take us there. Well, what kind of changes would you uh, consider consider making? Well, we need to start looking at, um, you know, the resources that we have, and uh, the resources aren't meeting the population as the population's growing. Certainly, we haben't been able to keep up with the big boom in the growth in Kootenai yeah. County. Uh, so that's one thing, um, building up those resources, and whether those are personnel um, you know, a lot of our, um, uh, we're, we have inadequate space, and so the space needs are really important as far as building uh, is concerned uh, for, for our staff. Uh, so we don't have enough records people to process the records. We don't have enough uh, driver's license people to get, you know, make the driver's license for, for people. Um, and we need law enforcement officers on the, on the street. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, for, and that was a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what what sets you apart from the other candidates running to become sheriff? Well, besides the being the one that 
has lived here this long and <laughs> and worked in the agency for this long. Um, no, I you know I think that there there are a lot of things that we have that are um, that are similar in nature as far as our outlooks, and I think that comes with the Republican ticket. Um, but as far as the differences, um, you know, I've got a continued education. Uh, I've got a master's degree from Gonzaga University in, in uh, organizational leadership. I went to the FBI National Academy. I graduated from there in 2010. And uh, as, as a female, that's a pretty important task. There aren't very many of us um, who have attended that, uh, yeah. that academy. So it's quite an honor there too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's uh, there are things like that. Being being a female is also something yeah. that is a difference. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's um, you know not not the reason that uh, that anyone should vote for me certainly, but uh, we do uh, think differently. We uh, respond to things differently, and and so I think that um, you know maybe it's time that we have a female leadership in our in our community. I agree. Um, so. This is building on top of your FBI training, which I just learned about a couple seconds ago when you told me. Um, do you know any super secret FBI secrets? Any super secret? Well, if I did, I couldn't tell you. That's that's correct. Are there any secrets that you can tell me that you've you haven't signed an NDA about? No, there are oh. not. You hear? You heard it here. You heard it first here. Folks, there are secrets. There are. And she sticks to her integrity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What would you say the county sheriff position entails? Well, I mean, it's it's the, you know, head law enforcement for the county. um, And really the the biggest thing is protecting and serving the community. And that protecting comes in the the law enforcement aspect. But the service uh, for the county sheriff comes in all of the other aspects of what the organization does. And you know, you see patrol because they're out there flying the flag when they're driving the cars around, but you don't see all of the other people. And when you need help, you call 911, you get a dispatcher. Yeah. Um, that person is uh, serving you. You know, the when you go get your driver's license, that person is providing a service to you. Uh, concealed weapons, permits, uh, records, needs. Um, the people that work in the jail when, you know, you have to go. Sometimes people end up in jail. Sometimes their loved ones are the ones that might show up to bond them out. Uh, mm. So there are a lot of different things that we provide to the community, uh, and those are um, those are the important tasks that we do every day. Yeah. Why should people and teenagers who are good citizens be interested in the, in the Kootenai County Sheriff election? Well, I, you know, I think it's good for anybody, especially if you're excited um, politically, to be in touch uh, in the years before um, you're, you know, almost. It won't be very long, and you'll be able to be a voter. So having that um, want to to understand what's going on in the community now is going to be important. You know, a few years from now, when you're when you're getting to make a check on a box for something that's important to you, you're going to have more understanding. Um, I think it's important for people to want to have information, and and I think that starting early is a great thing to do. Yeah. Oh. Why? When did it first hit you that you like wanted to run? Like, wh- what was the driving point that was like, oh, I want to run now? Ah, uh, huh, that's you know nobody's asked me that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I had I had a series of um, people 
contacts that I know in the community, people that I work with in different nonprofits, um, and people that I that I work with at the sheriff's office uh, that would suggest it along the way. And you know, pretty soon, you know, one person says it one day, and you're like, oh yeah, that'd be interesting. And someone says it another day, and then pretty soon, I started hearing it on a regular basis. And um, you know, it dawned on me that maybe if, if other people see that in me and think that that's something that they would like, then it they're kind of telling me that that's what direction I should be taking. And so it just seemed like um, they were they were kind of mapping out that story for me a little bit, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I was following that track. Funny thing, though, um, when I, I was... Uh, Going back to school after I, I got my AAS at NIC, I went back to LCSC, and I think it was 1996 or 7, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I took an intro to criminal justice class, and um, my instructor was um, Wayne Longo, who's a retired law enforcement locally here that was teaching the class. And um, he's one of my heroes. And he, um, he had us all write a paper about what you want to do with your career in law enforcement. And so I wrote this paper about what I want to do. And mm-hmm. in the end, I said, who knows, maybe one day I'll be sheriff. And he oh. made a little comment on the page, you know, and on my grade. And, you know, you, you're going to do it. You're going you're gonna to excel in your career. And, and so I don't know. I didn't really intend it when I wrote it. But it was just kind of funny when I came back across that paper. I still have that paper. <laughs> Look at that. She, she predicted her own prophecy. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now to a more um, serious topic. Um, a question that seems to be unfortunately uh, very consistent um, in our community is in 2019, Idaho was the fifth highest suicide rate, 58% higher than the national average. Do you think that there's a direct answer to why Idaho's rate is so high? You know, I I don't know that there's something that you can pinpoint. I know that we've been higher than that in the past too. I think um, years ago I did some... um, research papers on the suicide uh, levels in the country and Idaho was number two at the time Alaska was number one and which kind of makes sense a little bit I guess to the you know the, the dark for six months kind of yeah. thing and stuff um, but I didn't really understand it because to me this is such a pristine place to live and there's so much to do and there you know I, I, I don't I don't know I can't pinpoint it myself you know to be I wish I could yeah That's, well do you think there's any way that we could like solve or try to try to solve this issue or try to put in more effort mm-hmm. to try to solve it? I, I don't know how to explain it, but do you think there's like a I don't know if there's like a direct answer, but do you think there's a, there's a way that we could help kids that are thinking about suicide and these young adults that are thinking about suicide to prevent them? Because a lot of them, sometimes they don't even call the suicide prevention hotline. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know we're making a lot of, uh, you know, strides um, and, and big headway in trying to provide resources. Uh, there, There's a, you know, at a certain age for kids that it seems like there aren't any resources or at least that families aren't familiar with the resources that are available to that group, 13 to 18-ish or so. Um, uh, Department of Health and Welfare has a great programs, uh, youth empowerment services that help put families and um, kids that might have mental health um, issues, uh, you know, into into good services. Uh, There's the Suicide Prevention Action Network of North Idaho, or they call it SPAN of North Idaho. That's a really good program that, that, uh, you know, people can access. 
And the schools, not all of them, unfortunately, but um, many of the schools are starting to bring a program on that's called Sources of Strength. I don't know if you're mm. familiar yeah. with that. Yeah, my school does have that. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, that, that helps um, when a, and that's a peer program. So, you know, sometimes I think kids don't, or kids, young adults um, and, and teens don't have a place uh, or a person that they uh, feel they can trust and they can go to with that kind of stuff. And, and sometimes that peer-to-peer contact, I mean, if you want to talk to somebody your age about your problems, I think that's a really a good place to go. So that Sources of Strength works first as a peer network, and then the peer leaders are trained um, to help put you in contact with a trusted adult. So, yeah. I, you know, I think the, the hard thing is that not everybody is aware that these programs exist and they don't exist everywhere yet. So not all of the schools in Kootenai County have sources of strength program in them yet. I think they're working on that. But I, I sit on a, um, a board for children's mental health and um, and I know that there are a lot of things that are going on that we're trying to di- get out there and really help, um, especially that niche, like I said, that 13 to 18 year old um, group that doesn't seem to have um, access or they don't know where that where the resources are available. So. Hopefully we can maybe even with this radio show get some uh, some people will have knowledge that those programs are are going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a question that I asked Grim and Mr. Whitehead was, um, do you think that there's a lot of books and there's a lot of news news articles that are coming out and they're they're written by adults directing directed to adults. And I don't personally, I don't think that's really solving the problem because when you see, like, if if this one adult is writing an article about how we should prevent suicide in young teens and then writing it directed towards, um, like, adults, do you think that's really solving the problem? Or do you think we need to focus more on the people who are actually, like, like doing suicide? Is, is that how you say it? You know, like, committing suicide? I don't know. Yeah, or people that are having those those thoughts or feelings anyway. Um, yeah, you know, I think in I think it's good both ways because uh, the adults that are writing the books hopefully are people who have been researching a topic, have done surveys, and they're doing something with some kind of a method to where they can develop a program that they hope is helpful. And so that's that's a good thing. Um, but I do agree that you know even those surveys at at um, you know the age groups that they need to be so that you can get good information from the people that are uh, affected uh, are really important to have too so um, you know I don't I haven't looked to see how many books are geared towards a younger population but that's an interesting thing to think about that um, maybe maybe people could start looking that direction yeah yeah um, what do you think the biggest issue and the most severe issue in our community is Mm. oh boy definitely the mental health um, issues that we have and I would say that that's kind of it's co-combined with the opioid epidemic that we're Mm. seeing across the country Um, and sometimes those two things exist together and sometimes the opioids cause some of the mental health issues that people have as well so um, I think that we you know it's a a two-pronged issue that we need to deal with so we have to start looking at um, what we can do to uh, reduce um, and prevent harm from the use of opioids and then we also need to start looking at what we can do to help um, with the uh, people's mental health at all ages as sheriff do you think there's any way that you could help prevent the well not prevent but like help decrease yeah prevent help 
prevent the op- opioid crisis from continuing? Well, certainly I could. Um, as a captain right now at the sheriff's office, I um, sit on a board uh, that works on the prevention of uh, the harmful effects of opioids. and. And we are uh, working on doing a multitude of different things uh, for the community, um, drug take back days and doing some emphasis uh, areas, making sure that all the police agencies in the area have drug take, bo- take back boxes available. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but if you have any kind of uh, drugs, prescription drugs for anyone in your family or your dogs or your cat or something from the vet, um, you can take those in like at the sheriff's office lobby and put them in a big right. secure box and uh, they're destroyed monthly or you know whenever there's an amount that they need to destroy but that way people can't have access to them if they're sitting in your you know your cupboards if um, someone in the family ends up injured and they have some pain pills uh, and they just have them sitting in a cupboard for months um, you know we already know that about 75 percent of the kids that start using opioid medication are getting them from someone that they know uh, typically from the household uh, yeah you know, and so that's a concern, and that's something that we really want to work on is making sure we get the word out that those uh, boxes exist um, for people to use. Yeah, and I, I personally, I do think the opioid, op, ah, it's hard to say <laughs> it, it. <is>. opioid. <laughs> then crisis. say Edmondson. Ed, ah, come on. <laughs> They're both hard. Opioid, ah, I can't do it. <laughs> well, I, I think the opioid crisis is a really big issue in our community, and I don't know. And I think it's the same with suicide. I don't know if there's a direct way that we can go across it and like try to completely erase it, but I think there are ways that we can try to prevent it. And I and I think that the sheriff, the new sheriff, should be, I think, should be ready to deal with those problems. Definitely. Yeah. Some of the other ways we can work on that too is with the people that are addicted that go into our jail, and we can start providing programs to help them, uh, so that they can, um, you know, start uh, recovering and connecting them. It's called continuity of care, connecting them with the people in the community, the resources that they can have. Uh, we'll start, you know, in the jail, and then we'll we'll connect them with the people that will help them recover on the outside as well. How long do they go to jail? Do they? How long do they go to jail for if they it, if you find like use of opioids well it depends on what the charge is and you know if they're on them and they commit a minor crime they might um, bond out pretty you know soon and and our um, average length of stay is somewhere between 17 and 19 days and uh, but someone might be there just for hours Uh, but if they're there long enough for our medical team that works in the jail to be able to review um, where they're at and, Mm -hmm. and get them connected with someone in the community that would be really helpful yeah well I agree um, so recent studies show that a human brain stops developing between the ages of 23 and uh, 35. In Idaho, you can own a gun at 18. Is this an appropriate age to own an assault weapon, in your opinion? Well, by an assault weapon, I'm, you, I'm assuming you mean like an AR-15, yeah. which so that, you know, whether or not that's an assault weapon, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so fire that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, in general, and... Um, you know, I, I know, uh, <laughs> I know 50 year olds who are unsafe with firearms and I know 10 year olds like my granddaughter who is safe, very safe with firearms. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, you know, want kids running around with guns in general, but under, um, you know, supervision and, uh, with training, I think it's, it, the training is really important. I, uh, 
I think that uh, it just depends on the person. You know, it yeah. really does depend on the person. And so um, I recommend that everybody that's going to carry any kind of a firearm, whether it's a small pistol up to a high caliber hunting rifle, uh, they all should be trained in not just, you know, training about how to use a firearm, but how to use the specific firearm system that they're going to be carrying. Yeah. I think that's very important. Um, but, you know, we do a multitude of other things um, that are based on age, uh, too, whether it's, a, you know, driving a car, um, yeah. all of those different, you know, things that you have access to once you're of age. So this is just one of them. Yeah. Do you think there should be more extensive background checks? or And if... If not, do you think there should be um, required training for people who, uh, for anyone? For absolutely anyone to carry a gun? Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean no. training, yeah. for training. I think that there should, I think you should have training. And like if you go get a concealed weapons permit, uh, it's mandatory that you have training. You have to have training to yeah. get a permit. And so that's a good thing where we are, you know, doing those things right. But you can own a firearm without going through that training if you don't get that permit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I like I said, I recommend that people do get the training. Uh, it, it, it's available around here. People love to, you know, shooting sports are very, very popular here. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that... Uh, you know, the, the training itself is, is important, but also just the understanding the liability of um, owning a firearm, too, is important. And yeah. that training gives it to you. tells you all about the liability, criminally yeah. and civilly. Yeah. So this, this might be the most important question that anyone's ever asked you, okay? This, the one that I'm going to ask, this question might, if you don't answer it correctly, who knows? You might not get any voters, okay? I, I don't know. What's your favorite type of pizza? And do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? <laughs> so, <laughs> my new favorite, it's been my new favorite for about a year, is at the Flame and Cork. They have a, it's called a spicy Hawaiian, and it does have pineapple on it with jalapenos. Oh. Um, but on Zag game nights, um, my granddaughter and I love to get um, Hawaiian pizza from Papa Murphy's with extra pineapple. <laughs> so. good that was that was the best answer i've heard so far like that that might have been you you just won thank you you just won oh my and goodness it all came down to a pizza I, you know people are going to be listening and they're just going to be they're going to skip to this part they're going to be like what did she say and i think he, i think you won i think you won well thank you guys for listening um and thank you for being on my podcast today i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me this was great um, anyways, what was it? I was, okay, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please tune in every, of, uh, please tune in eventually and listen to one or two or all of them. Um, and, um, yeah, have a good day.